Welcome to the Solo Venture Podcast, wherever you're listening to or watching this. If you could do us a huge favor and hit that subscribe or follow button, we'll work tirelessly to make the show better and expand production as we want to share the best info and best experiences to inspire your journey to solopreneurship. That is the only favor we'll ever ask of you. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. Awesome. Okay, cool. So are we introing it? I guess we could quickly intro. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Episode two in our four or five part <laughs> series. Yeah, I fucking, uh, I do hey, like that. Was good. Coat. That was good. Was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to carry on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, welcome to episode two of our no, several you part series. you got to do the cup again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to episode two of our several part series on freelancing. We left off last week with uh, leveraging your network. And today we're going to get into the who of uh, where to find clients. So uh, like we said before, when you leverage your network, you start with the people that you know, and start like with friends of friends. And this could be done, you know, door to door if it has to, or through Facebook, you name it. However, you know, people, somebody may need you for something. And then there's other databases out there as well. There's uh, besides LinkedIn, there's Apollo IO and Hunter IO. I haven't actually used one of those specifically, but I think you've got some experience with those two, don't you? Yeah, I used, when I found my first clients, I used mix of hunter.io and Google. So literally big old spreadsheet, all the companies that I wanted to do some work for that I thought I could um, get as a client. I wasn't putting Nike on there and Adidas or anything like that, obviously. Like go to your level uh, and find um, find the kind of companies that were are more able, willing to work with perhaps a junior. Um, if you are a junior, if you've got 10 years of experience in an agency or for a brand directly, then yeah, maybe you've got a little bit more weight to go after some of the bigger, bigger brands or bigger agencies um, in the space. Um, but ultimately using Google to find those companies, build a big spreadsheet and then find the contact information. So you can Google it, you can go to each page, um, but then there's also tools like hunter.io where if you copy and paste the URL, it will actually give you, it will try and find the contact information for you, usually email addresses. Um, so some of these tools like speed the process up, but in essence, it is identify the companies you want to work with and get as a client, find their contact information, and then send them a message. Um, the cold email side of things, which is where I focused on, um is there are some complications in terms of like you want to look into warming up your domain name um you want to be careful how many emails you send um go into that detail look up cold email make sure you do the best practices which aren't too difficult um but ultimately the information for these clients is out there via these databases via just googling so it's just a case of identifying who you want to work with find the contact information and start sending out the start sending out the um, messages social as well um, not just email but yeah that's that's basically it with the uh, using some of those platforms to cold outreach uh, I know you can also follow up with a phone call it, is it time consuming yes is it a little annoying to do maybe but I know that you've even done that in the past where you've reached out by email and then followed up the agency with a phone call and it just reinforces in their mind like hey I saw this guy's name on my computer and he's calling me now. So it's going to do one of two things. They'll be like, oh, this guy's great. He's following up and he's professional or he's super annoying, but it doesn't matter because you'll never hear from them again. So it's all worth, it's all a numbers game. And it's worth a shot either way. You know, I think 
over the last year, I, I've, I've encountered and interacted with a lot of people that are scared or nervous about reaching out. And I get it. You're, you feel like you've got everything on the line. There's a little bit of pride involved. Obviously, you really want it. So, yeah, you're like, oh, shit. And you naturally have a scarcity mindset, or at least I did in the beginning a little bit. It, my old agency, I learned a lot there that kind of removes it a little bit. So it wasn't too bad. But I know way back in the day, it was 100% present. It's a scarcity mindset. You're like, if I don't get this person to respond to me, to my outreach email, I'm not going to get client. Or like, that's one I can strike off the list. And I'm like, oh, God, the num- the list is getting shorter. The list is so fucking long. There are more than you think there are. There's hundreds of thousands of agencies or clients that would work with you. The best way, I think, to get over it is a little bit diving in the deep end, which is cool. Get a list of all, I don't know, 50 companies in your area that are local because you don't want fees calling abroad and call them all up out of the blue, no email to warm them up. Just be like, sit there with the phone and call every single one of them. Hey, you're looking for any freelance copywriters, freelance graphic designers. Just do it because you have nothing to lose except for the hour you spend doing it. And you might actually just surprise someone. I'm in the countryside. I'm like swatting away flies. It's not because my room is disgustingly smelly or anything just to clarify it's great that's but yeah i mean like that's a very good basically what you're doing is you're getting used to rejection and you have to do it if you want to become a freelancer you have to get used to rejection because it is going to happen it shouldn't burn you you should be able to just be like cool that's another one cool bring it on there's so much more out there um and i think just phones are a good way of doing it because most of the time someone picks up so it's not like you send an email and you wait three days or two weeks and they respond you get instant feedback in the space of an hour after calling you know 50 companies and it's quite interesting to get the feedback sometimes you hear some of the concerns or the some of the reasons they don't want like this is all valuable information that you should be collecting so i i think the call method is great i didn't get any hands up for the time i did it i didn't get any clients from it I didn't do that much, to be honest. I did a couple of hours in a week, almost a year ago. But I got through to a lot of people. And with a long-term vision, the important thing from that hour or two hours spent is that I got a lot of good emails, as in they were like, oh, hey, yeah, we'll give you, um, oh, what was the email for the director of X? Cool, got the email, did have a bit of back and forth, didn't want to use me, absolutely fine. Um, So instead of using these tools it's another way to it's actually a way to warm them up a little bit to give them uh, give you their email address for you to then email and they're less likely to just delete it out of the blue because it's not cold so that's another good approach but 100 percent, if i'd have stayed there for weeks and actually called every day across the uk because that's my um locale in terms of phone calling um 100 would have got client so if 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 you're already confident, I would say screw the rest of these things, call them. Like just call because if you're confident, like one, you're probably going to enjoy it 
And two, you'll probably get client pretty quickly that way. And what's the one thing that all freelancers say, and it just goes for myself too, the one thing that everybody says that they wish they had done before is start the outreach or have the nerve to do that. Like, and it just goes for myself. I'm like, I can't believe I waited six months to start prospecting. And when we ask other people that we work with, it's the same thing. Like, I cannot believe I was like too nervous to send the email or reach out on LinkedIn or you name it. And there was like, man, I feel so stupid now. Like I should have started that earlier. And the rejection thing is funny too, because in the beginning, you know, like I, I so this is a true story. I actually got a, a LinkedIn notification two days ago for a job that I applied for, I guess, six months ago. I don't even remember them. And it was a rejection letter saying, we're not moving forward with your application. It was for a, a copywriter, a freelance gig. And now it's funny to me. I'm like, oh, I don't even remember you, you know, but it, that, that took time because in the beginning you reach out and you get your first five rejections back or you don't hear back at all, which is more likely you won't hear back. And you're like, oh, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, all these thoughts run through your head. Then over time, like anything else that's a little difficult, it, once you get used to it, like I, I find it to be actually comical now when people are like, hey, uh, we're not going forward with your application. I'm like, I don't remember who you are. So it's something you just have to get used to over time, I think. The way I try to think about it is imagine a world where you wake up and every single day, all of the clients that you might have a chance of working with respawn every day and they're just there available again for you to like contact that's happening every single day like and i'm not saying like new agencies are being born every single day but like there's so many available and, and brands there's so many available that unless you've got a massive team behind you that are doing all this outreach you like you could spend hours and hours a day for a year plus and you still wouldn't reach all the businesses that you could possibly work with. Um, unless you're in some ridiculously niched service in a ridiculously niched industry, there's plenty of clients out there. It's a numbers game. You have to put in the work. There's a bit of luck involved. And you don't need that many. You know, one or two really good clients, you know, will, will carry you for a long time. I had a, a couple in the beginning that paid me enough that, uh, it, I ease my mind a little bit and then, you know, then you can take your time with everything else and not be so stressed. So that's another big problem we run into is like, we think we all have to have six, uh, you know, thousand dollar contracts or, you you know, you name, put a number on it, but that's not true either. You just need one or two big ones or even one big one or just one, even one small one in the beginning, you know, to start building a portfolio and, and start getting a little bit of leverage there. So anyway, it's, it's not as scary out there as everybody makes it out to be. And if you looking for more options um you can always go to the freelancer platforms and i'll hand over to you sure and that's how i got my start too like i know a lot of people go the cold outreach route i did and i i, I did actually i made all the mistakes that you just outlined i got lazy with it uh, i didn't you know hear back from a lot of people i got a couple of rejections so i went to um fiverr and upwork and we won't get deep on the platforms today because that's a whole nother conversation but um, those are hot leads. Those are warm leads. There, there. It's a marketplace. For those of you who don't know, you can check them out. But like Upwork, for example, is where I found my first few clients because there are people on there that are looking to hire you, as opposed to cold outreach, where you're just kind of taking a chance. Now that said, 
you still have to, like we mentioned the last episode, you still have to have a good profile. You have to have a, a decent portfolio, even if it's a quote unquote fake one or one that you wrote, uh, you know, for a product that you're not actually writing for. You have to have something to show, and you have to present yourself well, and you have to prospect well. Uh, so those are you know things that we can get into at a different another time. But but the platforms themselves are great because they're warm leads. And you can reach out to people who need you. You can reach out to specific niches in there. And I found that to be pretty uh, successful, uh, pretty lucrative through there. I got my first two or three clients through Upwork. We did not stay on the platform, meaning they paid me a couple of times on there. We developed a relationship off the platform. I've got three of them now from back then that I do a varying levels of, of work for. And I, I find that personally to be a great place to start, especially if you don't have any experience as long as you can optimize a profile and, you know, conduct your outreach on there. And I, I think that for anybody new, doing a combination of the cold outreach that we've been talking about and then checking out the, these platforms and they're free, like they don't make any, they don't make any money unless you do. I know you can get like a premium version, but you don't need any of that, you know, and you can see their stats and everything on there. You, you kind of keep track of that. And now, and, and it builds on each on itself too. So for example, now my Upwork profile, I think I'm top rated plus, which I'm not even sure what that means, but I'm top rated plus because I made a certain amount of money on there over time. And that just get, opens the door to more opportunities. So um, I I don't spend a lot of time on there anymore, but as a, as a newbie starting out, it was great because I could reach out to people directly. I could view projects. I signed up for a client account. So I had my freelancer account. Then I also had a client account so that I could see what other freelancers were doing with their profiles, do a little bit of research. Again, this stuff's all free. It's not that hard to do. And it, and it gave me a huge, a huge advantage. And, and like I mentioned, I've got those clients to this day now that are they're paying me pretty well uh, off the platform. So I, I do highly recommend checking out Fiverr and Upwork. There's a, a whole host of other platforms out there. Those are the two I prefer, but you do a little bit of research on that. There's, there's several, uh, you know, available. Yeah. There's whichever you choose guarantee you there's at least a hundred maybe a thousand videos on youtube of how to optimize your profile how to win on those platforms um so yeah no excuses on the platforms there's loads of information available so if, if you have time a blend of all these approaches is quite good um because you're not putting your eggs all in one basket if you're not familiar with that idiom it basically means instead of putting all your hope into one option or solution you're kind of spreading it around so instead of just doing cold email you might do a bit on the platforms a bit of cold email building your social media blah 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 um instead of doing just one yeah it's like what i do when i go to the bar i uh, i go around and talk to every girl at the bar and hopefully one of them comes back and talks to me in a couple of hours so if you just if you if you spread your luck around somebody eventually will uh you know the prospecting will work you just have to spread it's it a numbers out. game right it's a numbers game. It's a number. Yeah, it's a numbers game. So, and uh, next up, we got social media groups, and which, which which are pretty helpful too. You have to be a little careful with those uh, being a little too uh, hard selling in them. Uh, meaning, so I, I joined a couple of groups on LinkedIn uh, for a particular service that I was writing for, and a couple of Facebook groups. You don't want to join these groups and immediately start. Um, trying to sell yourself to everybody in there, you need to start interacting a little bit. So for example, if I'm trying to do some copywriting for aquariums or something like that, I could join a, an aquarium Facebook group um, and start giving little helpful tidbits. Like I could say, you know, hey, a, cool a, a good, yeah, no, I actually know somebody who sells pumps for those. It's, it's a pretty, it's an expensive habit. You know, those big, huge tanks with all those fish are super expensive. Oh, you know, for insides. Okay. 
yeah, UK, yeah. Like if fish- you say aquarium, it's like the ones you go and visit. Visit. Oh yeah, like to swim in, <laughs> or like no, are you wait, talking wait, about wait, the, no. the zoo? No. You're talking about the zoo. You're talking about like a zoo. Yeah. Oh Definitely yeah, yeah. Don't swim in these. Ones. <laughs> Yeah. Well, those are all, those are, those are also like saltwater. That's big business too. But like the people, the ones that people have in their homes, for example, you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, yeah, you don't want to go swimming with this fucking I've truck. just got a sight yeah. of like, like there's a school trip in the aquarium and then yours is yeah. there like, yeah. with the shark. somebody in there with the manatees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but if you, if you join a group like that, you can start interacting with people. I mean, obviously, if they click on your profile, they'll, they'll start to figure out why you're there and what you provide. But if you know, it's just it's just kind of easing your way in, providing valuable information, not just you know not DMing everybody and saying, "Hey, do you need a copywriter or whatever freelance gig you're, you're looking into," but kind of like provide something valuable in your in your service, like uh, you know, like uh, "Hey, I saw this the other day," and you can get uh, more you know, clicks per, you know, whatever, if you, you know, do your CTAs this way, your calls to action a certain way and kind of providing value and posting in there. And then eventually the, you know, people get to know you start interacting. So it's a little bit of a longer game uh, in the social media groups, but it is, it is pretty cool. And if there's not too many of you in a group, meaning if there's not a bunch of other writers or whatever you're doing in one group, um, you can actually get a lot of traction, you know, and then you get uh, somebody gives you a good review, says, hey, this guy's great. And then you get referrals through that. So it's worth interacting. Uh, it does take a little bit more effort, um, but, you know, it, it, there's no harm in it. And again, it, this is all free. LinkedIn, Facebook has a lot of business groups. So it's just a matter of doing a little bit of research, finding one and setting aside a couple minutes a day to try to throw something valuable in there. Yeah. And then that translates to offline as well. And we did touch on it in part one where yeah why aren't you um you know just be friendly like don't i mean don't go around being like thinking that everyone's a potential client because that's just a weird life to live but yeah like be friendly and don't not to the extreme of like imagining that you're a real life linkedin profile because that's fucking boring um but yeah i mean you don't know who you are going to meet every day if you especially if you are um living in a city highly you know high density area like you know there there's probably a lot of chance for serendipity i think that's the right word um the copyright says um so yeah just be when you walk out the door just you know be be your best self like um because you don't know who you might meet that day um, so it, it, it's, yeah, it's the same on the social groups as it is in real life. Yeah, that's true. And if, and if you do have a chance to, you know, like this goes back to kind of using your own network, but so for example, I've got a lot of stores down the street from where I'm at and there are a lot of, um, uh, businesses owned by like family. They're not, they're not corporate. So if I wanted to walk in, for example, and we've said this before, even during travel, like just mentioning something that you notice that could be improved a little bit with the marketing. So you could do things in person too, because a lot of times your emails are either not going to the owner because they have staff for that, or they're just going to spam because let's face it, that happens a lot these days. So uh, just walking into either an agency or a business and, and bringing that up, you know, saying like, Hey, this is me. You know, I know it's kind of old school, but you could even take you know a resume or something with you. There's no harm in that because these people are getting, hundreds of emails per day. Uh, one of my contracts that I did for a uh, home service business, they do air conditionings and things like that. Um, it took us forever to get through to them. And it wasn't because they didn't need us. They actually needed a good marketing team, but I didn't get through to them because the emails that were, I thought were going to the owner don't actually get checked by the owner. The owner's inbox is managed by some 
some staff or some intern, she was overwhelmed. So there's also no harm in as, as comfortable as it can be sometimes uh, if you have a local business or something like that, that you can actually walk in and kind of put a name to the face and check it that way. Now, that also works. I think you actually did that once, didn't you? No, what I think what I did is I told you about, so Adam, who is going to come on the show, um, one of our upcoming guests, um, copywriter, he was, he's mostly been based in Hawaii. I think he may have moved temporarily to mainland US. Um, is that how you would refer to it? Mainland US or you would just say? Yeah, okay. mainland. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you're, from, if you're Hawaiian. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he is. I don't know where he's from. Sorry, Adam. But, um, Anyway, really good copywriter, ghostwriter. He mentioned on Twitter, I think almost a year ago now, he was like, why, why aren't people like sending real letters? And I thought it was a really good idea. Like, what's the best way to get on top of their inbox? Well, actually send a physical letter because they definitely get way fewer. And also it stands out. But what I would do now, if I lived in a city now, what I would do is a blend of... Um, pinpointing several going to their offices with a letter or something and i don't know it's like yeah here you go like i'm an email copywriter i've noticed three things you should change in your email flow just want to give you that great nice to meet you and they'll be like they'll be like what the hell but then yeah. if it gets to the right person it's like like who's this guy who just walked into our office did what every cold email does but no one else has done that i bet very few people have done it so think outside the box like what is everyone else not doing um and again it's just i would do it anyway even i would say even if you knew you weren't going to get any clients from doing it go and do it do it 10 times because if you do that you will build the confidence and that's something super important to keep in mind throughout the entire process is that all of this is to build your confidence as well because at some stage, you're going to have to talk about what you do and why it's valuable, why they should hire you. So the more you put yourself through the paces in, in situations like this, and again, it's like a respawn every day. You get a new opportunity to just to fail, but also mainly learn. It's like go into these offices, spend a Saturday afternoon, go into the offices. No, we don't want to speak to you. No, no, cool. You will be anesthetized, numb to it. You'll be numb yeah. to it. Um, right. Yeah. And there's no, it's look, it's fun too. Sometimes like walking around, like, uh, not to get back into older stories, but I used to do that with my private investigator job in Florida on the weekends, I would go to law firms and I had those things that you hang on. Um, it's really annoying, actually those things that you hang on doorknobs, like a flyer, but it's a built, uh, I ordered it from Vista print or something and I would go around, but I would make a day of it. I would go around, talk to the people that were at their desk and, and the ones that weren't, I would leave it on a little hanger on their door. And then I was like, Oh, I'm in a new neighborhood. I'm going to try this spot for lunch that I've been trying to get to. Like, it doesn't have to be some miserable thing. You can make a day of it. And when you give somebody something tangible, like if you walk into an agency or, or business and you hand them a piece of paper, yeah, it's a little weird. And it might be a little funny, but like, it takes a lot more steps for them to get rid of that piece of paper. Like it's going to be sitting there. Somebody's going to keep looking at it. Like for, when you get an email, it's real easy just to get rid of that damn thing or just roll right by it. But you get a piece of paper. If they actually take it in front of you and they crumple it up and you know toss it, you know, then you know you're probably not going to get it. But, you know, like it's harder. Like it's one more barrier that they can't just take that fucking thing, you know, and skip by it. That's a really good point, yeah. They'll be like staring over the trash can and be like, yeah. Okay. See you. I made that for you. I can see you're going to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. 
So co-working spaces, uh, this is interesting uh, uh, because I've been in a few in Bali and I know it's cliche, but like the big ones there that are super expensive, that were wonderful. Uh, it's it's kind of like we mentioned before, it's kind of like being at like a like a mini bar uh, because they do have alcohol there, but it's also like you're, there's a lot of like minded people there, a lot of other nomads. Obviously, uh, you know, even if in most of these countries there are people that even if they're not nomadic, if they're in co working, they kind of have the same mindset. They work remotely, and that's a good place to network. Uh, you do run into. Um, there's usually a lot of everybody there. Like there's usually a lot of designers, a lot of copywriters. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not somebody that couldn't use your help or you can learn from, you could meet other people that are in your trade, for example, like for copywriting, I can meet other copywriters and they could say, Hey, look, there's another group over here. You know, it, it, there's no harm in that. Plus it's just fun to go out and work amongst other people too, which I think we need to start doing more of like just in general, the, the society needs to start getting out a little bit more of the whole remote work thing. So I don't know what your experience experiences have been with co-working. I've had really good ones. I wasn't necessarily there to network, but uh, just the vibe and everybody's super friendly. Like it's, you're not going to run into anybody who's it's just going to be a dick there. You know, you'll be able to approach people and, and kind of, they need could learn some things too. I learned a lot about about copywriting in Bali, just because I was sitting next to somebody and listening to what they were saying they were when they were on the phone. So it's like a like-minded group of people, even if they're not doing exactly what you do. Absolutely. I think it's more than recommended. It's necessary, especially if you're always on the move. Um, but also, I think it's, it's, it's almost beyond thinking of yourself and that you want to get clients. It's quite satisfying to be a connector as well so the more people you build in your network the more people you meet get to know like it's quite satisfying i've speaking to someone i've known for a couple of years like they make websites and looking for graphic design i'm like oh cool yeah i met so and so in madrid let me pop a message oh yeah hey you know are you available for any work like someone's looking for graphic design i don't know if any of those projects came off but like it's nice to make those intros um, and open other people to other opportunities as well as yourself. Um, so when you go to spaces like that, you're able to um, expand your network and be in a better position to do it. Yeah, it, there's also like a feeling of like, um, it's, it's a weird confidence boost too, or maybe I'm not using that right. But it's like a, when I'm in a co-working space, and I look around and I'm on my laptop. I'm like, even if I didn't have any clients at the time, I'm like, I made it, you know, like I'm in a co-working space. It's like a weird mental thing where you're like, this is really cool. This is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to say that I could go to co-working, even if I'm not getting anybody right now. It's like this, it kind of just gives you energy just being there around everybody else working, even if you don't really have much going on. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, you made it type thing, but I know it really, I, I would always feel good going in there. I had energy all day. And when I left, I was always in a great mood for one reason or another. Yeah, hundred percent. And a lot of those people, if they're not, working for a company that's remote like they're in the same boat so they're obviously they're like-minded but i think when you're traveling and you're working your own thing it can get a bit lonely because no one knows but you how it feels to run your your shop um your freelance business but someone else running a freelance business gets the idea like they know the struggles um they're there to celebrate wins with as well so like they get it and that's really important to be around. So like, yeah, you're in a fucking co-working space and you've had a big win. Like the people there are going to fucking love it. Um, so it's a good, it's a good space to be in to share stuff like that. 